Good morning. So during COVID, we just, when there was a live stream, and my parents and my sister, they didn't have a church open to go to. They would watch ours, and they would always text, I'm going to watch the Linda show this morning. And so this, I told them this weekend, it is actually the Linda show this weekend. I bet they're not watching. But anyway, Scott is up at the Capitol. Um, if reporters are watching or anything this morning, you might as well log off, log on to the Capitol. Um, he is giving you plenty of information this weekend. Um, he is having quite a time uh, up there, and I'm not going to tell you about it from the microphone, but I'll gladly talk to you about it after service. <laughs> I don't want to put any words in his mouth. So he is, um, it has been one of those weekends, and um, can I, he didn't come home Friday night. He stayed up in Denver. They didn't get done until about midnight. He came home yesterday exhausted but fired up, and um, he gave us all the, the whole scoop and what's going on, and so we have interesting days to come. So he will be up there today. He hates missing. Um, we were gone last week because we were at a, a church in Denver that asked him to speak, and if we had known there had been a special session, we probably wouldn't have scheduled that because he does not like to be gone. He misses you so much. He will be back next Sunday, though. So if you've never been here before and you came to hear him, um, two things. You missed out because he's great and funny and wonderful, but number two, you're getting out early today. So it was 15 minutes for service. He hates when I get out early. But anyway, one thing I want to announce because I have the microphone, um, we are having Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. And so instead of our morning services, we're having three Christmas Eve services, three, four, thirty, and six, and the plans are already happening. We've got so much planned for Christmas Eve, you do not want to miss it. So when your family's in town, say, hey, let's go to the Christmas Eve service. They're no more than an hour long, and um, we've got a lot that you will enjoy. So make plans to come Christmas Eve. That is December 24th for anybody that's confused. And um, we are going to have Christmas Eve here together, and I promise you, you will not leave disappointed. It's going to be so much fun. And I just wanted to throw that out there because I planned it <laughs> with my friend Shelby. So, and if Shelby helped, you know it's going to be great. Okay, so this morning I am going to talk about you are called by God. And on Wednesday when Scott said, you got something to say, I said, yeah, I got things to say. And, um, and I said, I want to mix this message with this message with this message, and I want to talk to the church. And so um, if you were at ladies' retreat, I thought about just preaching that again, but I didn't do it because you've already heard it, but it's a good one that everybody needs to hear. But today I'm going to talk about you are called by God because, you see, we're all called by God. And sometimes we look at people and we think because they are the pastor and they get up on Sunday morning and they get a paycheck that they're the only ones that are called by God. But that is just not true. So let's go to Ephesians 4.1. And there it reads, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And he wasn't talking to the pastor of a church. That's in the Bible. That's for everyone. And so I know you're thinking, <laughs> no, that's what Pastor Scott has done. Pastor Rick, maybe Pastor, well, not maybe, Pastor Josh and Pastor Liz. There you are. I couldn't find him. He really is called God, aren't you, Josh? Yes, he is. And Pastor Emily, that's what our pastors have done. They've been called. 
But that's just not the case. They've been called to 24-7 occupational ministry. You too have been called of God. And so today we're going to talk about three different callings that God has put on your life. And I I know now you're overwhelmed because you thought I just had one. But no, there's three different callings. Um, There's probably a whole lot more than that, but we're only going to go with three. So the first calling that we all have, every one of us, is salvation. You see, God is calling you to salvation. And if you've already accepted Christ and you're already living in that calling, then you were called to that. It didn't just happen accidentally. And if you are here today and you weren't, you are not serving him. You haven't accepted that call. Let me tell you, God is calling you to salvation. Um, He, when I was uh, in college, um, I had left and went to college because Scott and I broke up and he has been mean to me. And so I moved to Waxahachie. If you just want to know the truth, he's not here. I give you stuff. And um, he, so I moved to Waxahachie to go to Southwestern Assemblies of God University. And I was there, and um, I was just really began to struggle with how do you know if you're called? How do you know if God's calling you? How do you know that? And I remember I called home, and I mentioned it in passing to my mom. Mom, how do you know? And she told my dad, therefore, he preached a message and recorded it on a cassette tape, and mailed it to me. Um, and I still have it somewhere because in it it says, This is for you, darling. And so I'll keep that forever. Um, but we, this is some of those things from that. And the very first thing God calls you to is salvation. The Bible says, and we all know this verse, and if you don't know it, you're at least familiar with it. John 3 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in the New Living Translation, in which we usually read out of, I love how it begins, for this is how God loved the world. This is how he showed his love for me and you, is that he sent his only son. He didn't have several. He didn't have one he liked better than the other, so he sent the one. He didn't like, he had one son and he sent that son down to die for us. He sent that son to be beaten up, spit on, rejected, lied about, made fun of, humiliated. All those things for his child. He sent that down, sent him down to earth just so that we could live forever with him. And here's the great thing about accepting the call of salvation is that not only do we get to live forever with him once we pass on, we get to live with him now. I like to talk. One day I was talking to someone who was really struggling, and I don't like to say I was counseling them because I'm not a counselor, but I was really praying, God, how am I going to help them? And God gave me this vision, not vision, picture of an umbrella. And the thing about living in the call of salvation, when God has called you to surrender your life to him, is that he then puts an umbrella over you, is how I kind of like to look at it. And this umbrella is his salvation. 
And now you start living under his covering. And although things are raining down all around you, you are protected under the umbrella. Now, we know, you know, when you're under an umbrella, you still, your feet still get wet. Things still happen just like they do for us when we get the call of salvation. But how much are we protected? He provides for us. He delivers us. He heals us. All these things are for us when we accept Christ's salvation. And we can live in peace, in our spirit, harmony, love. All of those things you hear about come when we accept the calling of salvation. If you haven't received or are not walking, maybe you're just not walking in the call of salvation, then that's where you start. That's your first calling is to do that. And if that's you, I'm going to give you a chance to do that just at the end of this message. I'm going to give you a chance to accept Christ as your Savior. The second thing God is calling us to is to being called to be set apart. Now, um, back in the day when I was growing up, that word was a big word called sanctification. And that word is confusing. So we're just going to use set apart. He's caused us to be something different. One translation, it's probably King James, says you are called to be a peculiar people. So all of you who are peculiar, you're right in line with what you're supposed to be. You are called to be different. You're not called to look the same, act the same. When they say, well, you know, oh, she just acts a little different. Yeah, because she's accepted the call of salvation and therefore God has set her apart. And when he sets us apart, we can decide if we're going to be or if we're going to just keep looking like the same thing we've always looked like before. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. When you accept the call of salvation, he begins to mold you and make you into what he has got the, your final calling is for. He begins to work with you. Romans 1 says, Paul says, he is, I've been set apart for the gospel. When you accept your first calling salvation, then you move on to your second calling, your life begins to change, and it has to. You see, once we embrace salvation and we begin to submit our life to Christ and we begin to do what we're supposed to do, then he begins to convict us of sin. He begins to convict us of things, of habits, of thought processes, of attitudes. I don't know about you, but that's my biggest issue is my attitude. And I'm glad nobody's sitting over here to amen me because... They would. The whole family's gone. I can say anything I want to. He begins to call you away and change you. He begins to call you away from certain activities. There's maybe things that you do on the regular that he's like, no, I'm setting you apart. You're not going to, I don't really want you to do that anymore. Isn't that come when the hurt and the pain starts coming? What do you mean? This is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I like to do. He's going to call you away from some relationships, maybe. Maybe there are people you're hanging out with or people you're doing life with that just are not good for you. They are just not encouraging you in your walk with Christ. They influence you in, in things that are maybe weaknesses or struggles. And God's calling you to be pulled away from them. He may be calling you away from some habits. 
some things that you just need to get rid of. He begins the transformation process. For me, being set apart is always, isn't always the easiest cup of water to swallow. You see, being set apart is an ongoing process. And the longer you serve the Lord, the longer he has to form you into what he wants you to be. As a teenager, when I first accepted Christ, I was 17. Um, I accepted Christ a lot before that. As a preacher's kid, you accepted him all the time. And I really loved him, just so you know. I did. I loved Jesus. But I didn't always live for Jesus. And when I was 17, um, I really made a declaration to serve the Lord. And I didn't always do it right. I was 17. I still made mistakes. I still had peer pressure. I think sometimes they forget we had peer pressure too. Peer pressure. I still had things that friends that I, I shouldn't be running around with. In fact, that's when God, what God first did was begin to pull those relationships from me. I was a senior in high school, and I had this group of friends I'd run around with. Not a good group of friends at all. Um, I mean, they're good people today. As a matter of fact, a lot of them are Christians. It's amazing. Um, I, I just contribute that to my parents. But I, uh, I ran around with, and they weren't doing things. They, I, I was doing things I shouldn't be doing. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, and, but now, I, you know, God had set me apart. And just so you know, there's a whole long story. One day I'll share about how God brought me to salvation. What he did, you know, he will do anything he can to bring you to salvation. He will take you to the depths so that you realize you need him. And so I began, one day my friend didn't show up to pick me up for school, and I was heartbroken. I'm like, what is up with this? And it was on purpose. And that began the separation of me with my friends because he does what he needs to. He's protecting you just like a parent. If you saw a friend that they shouldn't be hanging out with, you're going to protect them. And God does the same thing, and he began to protect me, and he began to pull me from them. And if he hadn't have done that, I don't know if I would be here today, and him and my parents, he hadn't have done that. And so as I began to move into my relationship with Jesus, as I began to grow in my relationship with Jesus, he began to set me apart further and further. Look, look things are just coming to my mind. I'm about to step on some toes. I was in my college room and I'm watching days of our lives. It's a bad, long time ago. And I was so convicted in my dorm room. And I remember turning it off and saying, I will not do this again. I will not watch this. And I didn't do it. And as I began to do that, he began to convict me of things that I would, I would put away or I'd put aside because he was calling me to something. And I wanted to be close to him. And I wanted to be set apart, I thought. And I wanted to be what he wanted me to be. Well, even as I grew up, you know, I, that, that started at 17. He began to mold me. And all through my life, he would mold me for this or that. And um, I remember 20 years ago, I accepted a position, the position, well, not really the position I have now, the company, the people I work for now. 20 years ago in July, I started working for them. And I've done several things through the years. I've done different things. Um, and, but I started uh, traveling. The Assemblies of God, that's what we are. Maybe you didn't know that. They have districts all through the nation. Our district is Colorado and Utah, and I um, started working for our district, so I started serving Colorado and Utah. And I started traveling with a bunch of ladies, some of them still in this building, not today, right now. I started traveling, and I spent about 11 or 12 years traveling with them. They became my friends. They became my mentors. 
We were close. They were like moms I didn't have around. And then God transitioned. And he transitioned them to something else and me still here. And so then I had another group of friends that started traveling with me because no woman wants to travel alone. And we started traveling together and they became my friends and they became my accountability partners. And we started doing all kinds of things together. And then it was about five or 10 years and God began to transition them on to something else. And I was still here. And although my role at my office changed and things began to change and things looked different, I sometimes felt left out. I felt like God was moving them on to something else or, or moving them up to something else. And I was still here. Nationwide, there I have peers that work in other districts that do what I do. And I watch them. I'm just being vulnerable with you. Um, the women probably understand this a lot because I say it a lot at ladies' retreat. But I watch them just be highlighted everywhere. And the national office uses them and puts them on teams and puts them on committees. And, and here I am. I'm like the longest one here. Do you not see me? Have you ever been there? I'm doing all the work. I'm at, job, I'm at my job, and I'm working the hardest, and I'm always here. And I always have vacation left over, and I always do everything I'm supposed to do, and the job gets done. But here, nobody seems to recognize that. And it wasn't until I realized one day, um, God spoke to me, I've set you apart. That's not what I have planned for you. I don't have a book deal planned for you, which is probably a good thing because I've been writing one for about 15 years. You don't make any money when it's 15 years. I don't have speaking engagements planned for you. I have something different for you. I have set you apart. I am making you something else. And who knew what our life was going to look like today? Who knew? But God knew. And he knew I had to be in a certain place to be able to do what God was going to do with us. And he knows those things about you. He is setting you apart. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes you don't want to give up. And it's Sometimes it's not bad things you're giving up. I'm not talking about habits and, and places you shouldn't go. I'm talking about sometimes you've got to let something go so God can move you on to this something. And if you hold tightly to it, he can't set you apart. So today, God is moving and he is setting you apart if you haven't found yourself set apart, then you may need to stay there. If you've accepted the calling of salvation, but everything still looks the same, nothing's changed, you might need to start with the second calling God has for you to be set apart. You may be thinking, I'm confident that I've accepted salvation, but I just don't feel very fulfilled. Are you set apart? Has God done that in you? I encourage you to begin to spend time asking God what that needs to be. God, how do you want to set me apart? Is everything in my life how you want it to be? Do I have too much here so I can't do what you want me to do here? Are the things of this life becoming so big 
and so overwhelming that I can't do anything for you because I'm too caught up in what's going on over here. And that leads me to your third calling. The third thing God is calling us to is service. He's calling us to serve him. The gifts, the gift he gives us of salvation isn't given so that we can just sit on it and wait for heaven. God, all, God wants us all to play a part in his kingdom. He doesn't want us just to sit there. We get saved and we love that and that is so good and it's the most important thing. The very most important part. But now that you're saved, God wants you to do something. He wants you to be a part. The call to service looks different for everyone. For Pastor Scott and I, the call was a full-time, 24 hours a day, all of the time calling to a full-time pastoring and now apparently politics for the time being. But that is not necessarily what your calling may be. But I do know that God is calling you somewhere. I know that. And it could be. Maybe that is what God's calling you to do. But most likely, for most people, God's calling you somewhere. So you ask, how do I find my calling? Well, how do I know what that is? What, what do I do with that? Well, thanks, Linda. I'm going to go home now and just wonder what I'm supposed to do. Well, usually, but not always, you find your calling within your passion. What is your passion? Your calling to serve may be a calling to teach. Maybe you're a great teacher. You can do the studying. Sometimes I am in awe of Shelby. She's going to hate that I said that, but she can read the Bible and read, get stuff, like stuff I've never seen in it. And then she can sit down at a Bible study. If you don't guys say this all the time, if you don't go to her Tuesday morning Bible study, you need to. And they can come up with it and they can dive into it. Maybe that's what you're gifted at. Maybe that's your calling. Maybe you need to start a Bible study. Maybe you need to teach. We've got places for you to teach. Small groups need teachers. Children need teachers. Maybe that's your passion. Maybe that's where God's calling you. Maybe your calling in view involves music. You play an instrument or you sing. We definitely have a place for you, especially right now. Definitely have a place for you. If you're a vocalist and you're like, well, I can't get up there and act like you do. Well, most people don't want you to. So just come up here and we'll put a spot on the floor and say, sit there and sing. I don't know any harmonies. That's okay. If that's your passion and you can carry a tune, let me put that in there. And you can carry a tune. <laughs> we want you to sing. If you play an instrument, we need you. God has given you the passion and the ability to fulfill the calling he put on your life. We need you. You notice it used to be Pastor Sam led and I played the keys. Now I lead and he plays the keys. We just switched Switched it out. We need you. There is a place for you. If you like to push buttons, we got a place for you. The media booth up there, you just push buttons. That's what you do. That's all you do. We've got a place for you. Maybe you're the kind of person that when the kids walk in the door, you're a magnet to the children. I think about Joy. I don't know if you ever watched the kids with Joy. She's like, let the quit. They love her. 
They think she's so great. They doubt me. Watch. Just watch them. I say, hello. I'm not kidding. So I'm going to tell on Charlotte. So the other day, um, Charlotte, Charlotte and Sawyer, this is our youth pastor's kids. They've been my grandkids since they were born. They call me honey. And, and we just kind of go with that. But when they're here at the church, they don't want to talk to me. That's okay. When they walk in the door at home, my house, they're all about me. So we were at an event the other day, and I get there early, my job. And then Josh and Liz came in. Charlotte runs up, honey. And I know my face was shocked. And, and I looked at Josh. He said, we told her you're going to be here. So, see, kids, they don't, they don't just flock to me. But maybe you're a kid that they do. They flock to you. Maybe you're an adult that they do. Kid, we don't let kids teach kids. But they do. They flock to you. You love them. They love you. You're sweet. You don't threaten them to spank them. That's what I do. So that's probably why they don't run to me. But they love you. Well, you know what? We definitely have a place for you. We have a place in the nursery where all you do is hold babies. The kids downstairs, it's getting so full down there. They need you. We have a place for you. Now, I know some of you are saying, oh, well, that's way too much for me. That is too hard. I can't teach, and I'm sure not going to play the piano, and I, and I don't want to deal with children. Well, you know what? There are some other things that are easy. We have greeters. Greeting is the easiest thing we have in our church. You open the door and say, good morning. You're done. Now, you may have to answer some questions, but those are easy. We need greeters. We're going to a third service. We're going to need greeters. The cafe. Now, how many of you have always dreamed of being a barista? You know you have. You go to Starbucks and you think, I could do that. We can teach you. Well, not we, but they can teach you how to do that. You can just run the register. You can just be the smiling face. The cafe is a great place. Security team, do you like to carry a weapon? Well, this is the team to be on. I mean, no one's ever had to use them, but you might. So you could carry your weapon. The media booth hits buttons. I said that already. There's all kinds of places we could find for you to serve. What is your passion? Where is God calling you to be a part of? What do you need to do? Do you say, I could stack chairs? Well, you know what? We stack them a lot around here. And then we tear, put them back down a lot. So I know some of you, I'm going to go ahead and answer your questions now because this is some, what some of you are thinking. And I'm just going to cut you off at the pass. Number one, what if I don't know how to do where I feel called to serve? We'll train you. We'll show you how. We'll do whatever we can do to make sure that you're going to be able to do your calling to the best of your ability. We're not going to leave you hanging. We're not going to throw you in with the four-year-olds and tell you, have at it. Because we want you to stay. Number two, it will take time that I don't think I have. You're right. It'll take us. It's a sacrifice. It'll take time. If you're going to teach, you have to be here early so that you're there when the kids get there. No one wants to drop their kids off to an empty room. If you're going to be on the worship team, practice starts 645 to 708, somewhere right in there. And that's what we do on Sunday mornings. We get here. Do we look tired? That's what. 
It does. It takes time. And I totally understand how valuable your time is to you. I get it. Just this weekend, someone, um, we had something on our calendar, and since Scott was at the Capitol, um, they, somebody texted and said, are you coming to this? And I said, no, I can't make it. You know why? Because no was a complete sentence. I didn't have to say, you know, I just really need to guard my time. I understand. Time is so important. But when you have so much here, you don't have time for this over here. And that's where we are setting apart. God is calling me away from some of these things because he's given me a passion and a calling to serve in his church and do these things. Number three, what if I hate it? You might. You might be like, I love children. And you get in there and you're like, I do not love children. Well, then we'll move you somewhere else. You're not stuck there forever. We'll move you somewhere else. I really don't know very many people here. And therefore, I should wait until I'm more connected. No, 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 no. Um, we have a new guitar player. He didn't know very many people here. And now he knows much more because he started playing guitar or guitar. You don't have to be connected to follow your passion and your calling from God. God will connect you. You just be obedient to what God's calling you to do. One thing I do know is that calling costs. Yep, it's going to cost you something. It will take sacrifice. Probably not a huge one, though. Maybe. But it will cost you something, and that's why we don't like it. Our time is so precious to us. But he has called us to set apart and serve. Um, our speaker at retreat um, preached a message about coming off the wall. How many of you were at ladies' retreat and heard that message? Oh, good. I can say it again. There's not that many. Um, she talked about coming off the wall, and she talked about, um, I hope I get this right. If I don't, just don't tell me. Um, Mary Magdalene was up against the wall. In the back in the day, you would come in, and, and people who weren't invited to the party could stand up against the wall and watch the party. Sounds like fun, huh? It's probably why it no longer happens that way. And she came in, and she came off the wall to wash Jesus' feet. She came off the wall to serve Jesus, to love him. And she, our speaker, called many of us off the wall. You've been standing on the wall for so long, watching. But God's calling you back off the wall to serve, to do something. There was a quote on Facebook. I took um, off Facebook a friend of mine, her um, girls' ministries celebration thing she had. She had this poster, and this quote said, The world needs you to be who God created you to be. Do you understand? There's a lot, whole lot of who's and who you. Got it again. The world needs you to be who God created you to be. If you're not being what God created you to be, then there's a hole somewhere. We need you. I, Linda, need you to be who God created you to be. 
Because you see, he created all of us for a purpose. He created us to do something, to be something. He didn't just create a mass in a mother's womb. There was a reason you were put there. And now we have to find what that is and fulfill that calling of what God has called us to do. And there are some of you that need to reclaim that calling. Maybe you've served in the past or for some reason you're no longer serving and you feel stalled out. That's because you're not moving in your calling. You're not working in your calling. You've been set apart, but you've set away the service to the side. And now there could be all kinds of reasons for that. Hurt, disappointment, too much time, too much energy, life transitions. There could be all kinds of reasons for that. But you need to reclaim that calling. And maybe you're a new Christian and you feel like there should be more. So I've been saved for a little while, but I just think there should be more than this. Are you serving? Because that's the missing piece. Will you stand with me? There may be those of you here today that have never accepted Christ as your Savior. Well, we want to start with that. We want to start with giving you an opportunity to accept the calling of salvation. So if everyone will repeat with me, and if that's you, if you will pray this prayer with me, dear Jesus, I want to accept your calling of salvation. Forgive me, God, of my sins. Help me to live a new life with you, dedicated and submitted to you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And the rest of you who have already accepted that call, today you have a decision. You have contemplation to make. Where am I at? Have I been set apart? Has God set me apart or do I look just like I did when I got saved? Usually when you don't look just like you did when you got saved, people think maybe you're kind of weird. Or, they, oh, they don't do that. Don't even invite them. They don't do that. You say, yeah, I'm set apart. I'm a peculiar person. And maybe if that's not it, you just need to find a place to serve. And we have a place for you. So this morning, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that God stir and move in your heart. God, I pray, Lord God, for our family, Lord God, for this family of people at church at Bargate. I pray, God, that you just move in their hearts. And, Lord, I know you're faithful, Lord God, that you're already dealing. Lord, that before they ever came in the building, God, you were dealing with them. Lord, about what you want them to do. About where you want them to be, Lord God. Or about that thing you want them to get rid of or not do anymore or or not be a part of. And, Father, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus that you just come. Lord, that you speak to them, Father. That you give them boldness and courage to step out, Lord God. And to do and to fulfill, God, what you've called them to do. To fulfill, Lord God. Lord, that passion. Those skills that you placed inside of them, Father. Lord, to, to move your kingdom forward, God. In the name of Jesus. 
Father, I pray today, Lord God, that your anointing and your power would go with us. Lord, as we move and as we go forward, Lord God, that you would hear us, Lord God. Lord God, that you would use us, Lord God, to further your kingdom and to be what you want us to be, God. Lord, we lift up Pastor Scott right now, Lord, and I pray, God, as I do on the regular, Lord, that you will put warrior angels all around him, God. Lord, that would protect him from the darts and the arrows of the enemy, Father. And Lord God, that he would be able to walk, Lord God, in your authority and your power, Lord God, to do, Lord God, what you called him to do, Father. He has answered the call. And Lord God, we pray that you, Lord God, um, embolden him, Lord God, and strengthen him, Father, and equip him to do, Lord, what you called him to do. And Lord, I pray, Father God, that you give him discernment and wisdom. Lord God, that you give him words to speak and shut his mouth when he shouldn't, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we'll give you all glory and all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're clapping because we're nine minutes early. Good for you. Thank you so much. Can I say thank you for supporting us? I say us because he don't do it by himself, trust me. Thank you for supporting us and fulfilling the call that God's called to us. By noon tomorrow, God is going to have spoken to you about what he wants you to do. And we know that you're going to answer. You're dismissed. Have a great week. A great Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll be here Wednesday night.